Hey, hey, and welcome back to Maya Matters. I am Tessa Varia, your host, and today it is a pleasure to be joined by Tontea. Tontea is the founder of Ikikai Psychology and is experienced in treating anxiety, perfectionism, ADHD, and low moods. She believes everything is transient, nothing lasts forever, including the difficult experiences in life. During this episode, we discuss practitioner burnout, coping with stress, and ways which you as a practitioner can consider your own mental and physical health. This episode of Myo Matters is proudly sponsored by CPD Health Courses. Feel safe, confident, and effective with your dry needling. For more information, visit www.cpdhealthcourses.com. Please welcome to Myo Matters, Tantea. Very big thank you for being with us today. How is everything going? Everything's going really well. Thank you so much for having me here today, Tessa. Now, I know that we've gone over this. Today, I wanted to really touch on practitioner burnout, how COVID has really affected our practitioners in myotherapy. Is practitioner burnout a real thing? What do you, is it a concept? What do you think? And particularly in 2020, because I think it probably would have highlighted it a lot for everyone. I definitely think that practitioner burnout is a real thing and especially <laughs> in the um, health field. I think a lot of us who are attracted to this line of work, whether it be myotherapy, psychology, speech pathology, nursing, medicine, we're all here for a reason. And that is usually to be able to assist people in need. And I think COVID has really created an environment, a society where there's many individuals needing that help. And the position that we are in as health professionals is that we want to be able to support and sometimes that want and that need and that desire to want to help can really burn us out. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think as well a particular type of person that wants to help and give is actually drawn to those roles as well which doesn't kind of help that situation? Most people who are in the health field are uh, empathetic individuals who are also quite worldly and thinks about systems and how things work. And knowing that something is not working, you might be inclined to want to fix it. And if that includes you putting yourself on the line, sometimes that's what happens. And I think we all need to be very careful of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we do. We all want to give as much as we can. Now, um, practitioners, as practitioners or as myotherapists, we usually take on all of the clients external issues or troubles during treatment as we kind of are with them for a good 45 to 60 minutes. How do you think we can still allow our clients to express those thoughts and feelings, but also not take this on in our own lives as practitioners? I think as myotherapists, especially because you're working with people who have physical uh, problems, as as I believe, Um, because physical and mental and emotional, it's all interrelated, especially if you're looking at the client's problem from a holistic perspective. Mm. Uh, Trying to contain and to understand and to listen to, you know, the emotional and the psychological issues that might be interplaying with the physical is a really hard thing to do. So, you know, while you're listening, it's really hard to think about containing, but I think that's what you're trying to do. You're holding space for that client. You're separating yourself from their issue and trying to focus just on that physical 
And also making suggestions as to, you know, maybe you should go speak to your GP. They might be able to refer you to a psychologist or have you thought about seeing a counsellor. So really leaving it up to the individual to, to make that decision of whether they need to, you know, seek that extra support. But to really know your role as a myotherapist is to, is to fix the physical issue or whatever issue that they're coming to you with, whatever else they bring with it is they bring such such a little backpack with them sometimes and it's not full of candy Uh, (laughs) do you think it's about is it about kind of creating space for them to I guess express their words but us not feeling it is our job to fix that and that we then know our referral partners from there yes I really like the backpack analogy that you used it's like okay Let's have a look at what's in your backpack. Now, I just want you to describe what's in your backpack. You Ooh, take- this, could, this could be a very big backpack we're yeah. asking you to look in. Yeah. We've got 60 minutes for this. <laughs> it's a lot. So maybe just even like the, you know, the five most heaviest items in your backpack. Just describe that to me. Yeah. You don't have to, um, you know, not too much detail, but even just what it looks like. Just show me what it looks like and then put it back. And (laughs) (laughs) then I can show you somewhere where you can go to lighten the load. (laughs) But I'm here to fix your (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is just, I think some people just like that space or that care of you, at least knowing that you know about their backpack they don't want answers it's sometimes just that space for them to open their minds sometimes yeah and I think it's really important just to have clear boundaries because it is a really um, difficult space even for the clients to navigate mm. when it comes to your physical body that's where you carry all of your emotions and as myotherapist you're in contact with that so <laughs> yeah that's really a tough position to be in so just to make sure that you know your own personal boundaries and what you can and can't handle yeah absolutely and I think you're very much right when you discuss the emotions attached to the physical and when we do deal with the physical the emotions just have no capacity to stay there or be kept anymore that it really does interact with each other now Many practitioners, um, and I'm sure many of our listeners are going to know what I'm talking about, is that they will just power on um, and take very little time off because it's often a lot harder to take time off and find out how you're going to fit the client's treatment plan in with your time off. And this often leads, obviously, to a mental and physical exhaustion for a profession that is quite physical. What does, I guess, practitioner burnout look like and how would we recognise it if it's in us or one of our colleagues? I guess as practitioners, we all have a tendency to underestimate or overestimate how much we can actually do. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, if you're in your mind, you think you can see seven or eight clients, it's probably going to be two less than that. (laughs) You know, the care that you need to think about that goes behind that work. Yeah. Note-taking, liaising with other clinicians. So I think it's really important to think about, you know, long-term and sustainable change and how much you can actually handle 
every day. So if you can't see nine clients for 365 days a week, a, a year, then, then you can't. If you can't see nine clients five days a week, then you can't. So think yeah. about you know, whatever that number is or that limit is for you. Can I do this every day? And if the, the question is no, then you really need to adjust it now before your own body breaks, before your own mind breaks, because it's going to happen. So I'm sure that a lot of myotherapists also talk about prevention for their clients. They need to really think about prevention for themselves as well. Yeah. About taking some of their own medicine, I think, some yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting as well that you say, look at it in the perspective of can you do this number, you know, 365 days a year or five days a week? Because we find a lot of our profession, because it is so physical and hands on, and we come into it in our 20s to look at it as a long prospective career until we're 40, 50. You know, mm-hmm. can we really uphold? eight, nine clients a day or seven, eight, nine clients a day, five days a week for 30 years of our life. Like you've got to understand, we look at our profession in our twenties, but where do you look or see yourself in your forties, fifties and sixties? Can Are we looking after that future body as well that we're working with? I really like how you put that because for example, if you are going into this work in your twenties and you're thinking about retiring in your sixties, Maybe you should think as a 40-year-old female, even if you have a 20-year-old body, how many, how many clients can I see? How many <laughs> do I want to see when I'm 40? And if you start doing that now in your 20s, then you're going to be able to sustain that career for a much longer period of time. I guess COVID has also made work sporadic. And I think that's why people have that tendency to, oh, all right, we have that time to work now because we didn't get to work for so long, which really sucks. I mean, I couldn't imagine how hard that must have been. Let's say if you lost your job as a contractor, you might have your job seeker, but it's still a lot that you're trying to manage financially. But still, I think thinking about that long-term change instead of that immediate stress and anxiety response just to try to contain that. It is. It's definitely been a hard one, you know, between subcontractors and employees in our industry. And as I know, I was talking to you earlier before the podcast that we've seen those things in myotherapy where it's not the greatest part of our profession, but we've also seen some amazing support from our clients, our colleagues, our other allied health, the media, and that it has it one side being a really nice push for myotherapy to be put on a stand as to what our industry is, um, which is a really beautiful thing to have come on COVID at the time as well. Yes, I remember you telling me now that myotherapists are recognised as allied health professionals, and I think that was long overdue. So that kind <laughs> of is a different um, stance to the rest of your future as myotherapy. Yeah. It is, and it's super exciting. Now, as you can imagine, 2020 was a pretty big one for most myotherapists and most people on the earth at the moment. (laughs) And 2021 honestly looks like we're still very kind of all over the shop. What is your advice to practitioners to make sure we ensure that we keep healthy and we maintain physical or mental health so we can actually keep giving to our clients? I think 2021 really needs to be a year of recovery for every health professional that exists. <laughs> so I know a lot of other professionals also hit it hard during COVID, but health professionals, no matter 
which area within health, you know, as essential workers, I think, really, really took a toll on their mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. So if you think of it as a year of recovery, really try to not do too much, really practice self-care, whatever that looks like for you. And then take that time, knowing that it's a recovery, to really reduce the workload that you would actually do in, let's say, 2019. Maybe like take three quarters of that. Do not have the same expectations that you'll be able to work as before 2020. Reduce those expectations for yourself for now, for 2021. And then, you know, 2022 revise that again and see where you're at yeah I like that how you call that expectations that I know when it came to the new years and everyone's like sayonara 2020 can't wait and I was kind of like oh I don't know if COVID's just disappearing on the 1st of January Um, (laughs) that I think if people did have those expectations as 2021 being a new year and we can move on that for us to realistically look at the expectations of 2021 and what, you know, what we are able to do now and what we do have available to us and work with that rather than looking, well, I can't do that. We, I won't plan that because of this, that we look at, well, what are the expectations realistically for the given situation that we're in? Yes. I think it's really important to think about the given situation that we're in and to, to rebuild whatever is left, because there is still things left here. You know, many people think about 2020 as it wiping everything out, but, you know, <laughs> are, you know, there are still things we can work with and to really look at that and make a positive change. As you were telling me with myotherapy, there's a lot of good things that came out of the hard times that the organisation had during 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, I think a lot of people just were like, 2020 didn't happen. We're moving on next. (laughs) Now, as we finish up for today, how important do you think it is for myotherapists who are physical practitioners? How important do you think it is for them to look after their mental health? I think that because mental, physical, emotional is all interrelated, it's really important to have those regular check-ins with yourself and to really monitor your stress levels. And ask yourself questions like, how am I feeling today? Am I feeling really stressed? If I'm stressed, what's triggering this stress? And just being able to identify your triggers in itself can help you prevent anxiety or stress happening in the future. So just being open and honest with yourself and your colleagues and just have a conversation like ask so-and-so, how is your day going today? Do you think you're seeing too many clients or be honest and say, I think I'm seeing too many clients. What do you think I should do? And just having those open conversations actually makes such a difference because then you hear from your colleagues say, I've done that too. And this is what happened. And you can learn from their experience. (laughs) Oh, that is such a good idea because we know as my therapist, we have all done crazy nine, 10 clients in a day. And we all know how incredibly mentally and physically fatiguing that is. And I do love We have so many amazing myotherapists. We are a smaller profession, but there are so many amazing amazing myotherapists. But I know we sit amongst health clinics where we have psychologists, physios, exercise spheres, chiropractors that to reach out and ask those guys and use the amazing um, support and colleagues that we have to ask for their advice and say, hey, this is a lot. Like, how are you coping with that to actually not shy away from those conversations? Yes, 
Because I think those conversations in itself can bring about a lot of relief. Just knowing your colleague is like going through the same thing as you. You're just like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. I do. I really like that one. I know when we had a very big day at work, um, everyone was having a very big day and we thought, you know what, it's time to cheer it up with some donuts. And that that just was very a simple way. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And it is, sometimes it's even just the care of other people to say, we know what you're doing and we appreciate your work for today. (laughs) Really, really important. And just being honest with yourself, if you think you need that day off, just take that day off. And plan for that day off so that you're not putting anyone, you know, um, out as well. Yeah, absolutely. That planning ahead so you can't feel guilty about not seeing clients and you're still able to take that time for yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I thank you so much for being with us today, Tantea. It's really great to have some practical advice about reducing that burnout for practitioners and also understanding, I guess, how important it is for us really now and in the future for us to look after our mental health as as practitioners and really bring it to the forefront for all of our myotherapists so thank you so much for joining us no worries thank you so much for having me thanks to our listeners for tuning in today and supporting our myo matters podcast don't forget to visit our online store and check out what pd is available in your state we look forward to seeing you again soon on myo matters from myotherapy australia Mm